0: Welcome to your making it worse. We're here. We're queer. Who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer, and I'm Brent Sullivan, and I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual,
1: Textual healing. But Elliot is such a queen. Oh, really? Did I tell you this, Alan? No, you didn't. Tell me more. So like earlier in the week, I I told Elliot that because of the pandemic and recession, people are hungry, they're starving, they have no bread. And Elliot said, then let them eat ass. He's (laughs) unhinged, he's unhinged. Let
2: the children eat ass. You get an ass, you get an ass, you get an ass. My I boyfriend the other that. day
0: was like, what my, I think he was like, we were just talking Your about- Your boyfriend was like, stop eating my ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just funny. We were talking about about like the idea of me being unhinged and how the joke has gotten so far and I had to sort of break it down. <laughs> it's well, awesome. see, but here, here's the problem.
1: He, <laughs> Elliot maintains to this day that his sex life prior to meeting Michael his sex life was just completely chaste no,
0: and wrong. boring. No. It was like a Laura Ingalls Wilder novel. No, no. And no, oh, that's not what I maintain. <laughs> what I maintain is that I had healthy sexual encounters. <laughs> and and in comparison to Brent, I'm less of a hypochondriac, so I was willing to take more risks.
3: <laughs> yes. Wait, 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 wait.
1: Wait, wait, wait before, that's
0: but, a great summary. I do like yes. that summary. Before we get into the segment, I do have to say,
2: did you tell this to your boyfriend at the premiere of your new movie? Right. American that's Pickle
0: right. comes out on HBO Max August 6th. Right, American August Pickle. 4th, yeah, August 4th. Okay. I yeah. didn't tell him. But I didn't tell him that. At the movie premiere, the but movie. Right. but on the way there, maybe I was wait. like, well,
2: "Michael, I have something to tell you." While we're watching this movie, I'm going to explain to you why I am unhinged.
1: <laughs> let me let me tell you what Brent really means when he says that I am unhinged. And... Yes, exactly. I had to explain it. But so, what, so? What, wait, real quick, what do you like? How do you summarize your pre-Michael sex life to him? Do you just say, "Yeah"? How do you how, how do you summarize? What do you say? Do you avoid like, us
0: telling him about it? I see Brent. I love how Brent tries to ask it seriously. The serious face as though he's not like hoping to get like a gem out of me, you know, to use his <laughs> M.O. Uh, how would I describe it? I, I, I honestly think it was, I think I had like a standard healthy, healthy sex
1: life. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, right. You have right. him control. <laughs> you really are
1: the Kim Cattrall of this no, podcast. I, oh I, God. I, no, I he's yeah. the Wilt Chamberlain of this podcast.
0: <laughs> okay, anyway, okay. Elliot, uh, you, you can
1: start, you can start.
0: Yes, okay, so um, here's sort of a fun story that kind of combines <laughs> politics, which mm-hmm. is your guy's thing, and wigs, which is balance thing. <laughs> <laughs> so one of our faves, uh, uh, Kristen Cinema. Uh, the senator from uh, Arizona, who's the yeah. first out, out bisexual senator uh, from, mm-hmm. from in the House, um, has lately has gotten uh, has been wearing colorful wigs um, on the Senate floor, and she's been doing that. She um, basically emphasized the importance of social distancing and to show solidarity with those who are not going to get their hair done, get hair mm-hmm. go to hair salons. So she started doing that on May fourth, and it's you know, it's like it's a very it's a bold move. And I know you guys can talk more about the sort of um stunt queens of the Senate floor and you know, because in, in the in like the so basically she's been getting dragged. I'm sorry, she was getting shit on Twitter a little bit, but yeah. mostly she was getting dragged by conservative people. Yeah. And yeah. so everyone on Twitter went for the conservatives because they were like what are you talking about? And so conservatives,
1: that... conservatives would post a picture of her in a pink wig and be like, uh, this is a senator?
2: Well, yeah. yeah,
0: Matt, yeah. Matt writes wrote that. This is a sitting female US senator. And it's, it's just wild. I mean, I'll let you guys go in a second. I just want to say it's hilarious because one of the first brilliantly um, posted things as a Twitter response was that picture from, I think it's March of um uh Matt, is Matt Gates wearing yeah. the gas mask in the senate? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. he's he wearing yeah, a gas yeah. mask oh, no, in, the house, yeah. in
1: the house, yeah. In the
0: house. So he's wearing a gas mask to make fun of the idea that that wearing a mask is important. And then a week corona. later he
2: got corona.
0: Oh, I I mean, Gates yeah. got it? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, that. he did. He did uh, got it.
2: He got it a week later. I think or maybe 2 weeks later. I will, uh, just, uh, I want to say about Kirsten Cinema and sort of give a little backstory on how colorful she is as a U.S. senator. Um, first off, I hate that she spells her name with a Y instead of an I. Kirsten, mm. I, I find that to mm-hmm. be um, audacious. That's most people's problem with uh, her, yeah. But, no, she, from the very beginning, when she got sworn in, in fact, I think she wore a really sort of long cape. Like, she's she's always been very dramatic in mm-hmm. the Senate and what she does in the U.S. Senate. And she does it intentionally. And I think she uses, she uses her fashion and her... Her sort of sense of fun and whimsy, if you will, to attract attention to. And what's also interesting about it is that you would think someone who is this sort of dramatic in her style would be super, super, super ultra liberal and like open to everybody. And she is, of course, but she's actually fairly moderate and she gets in trouble with even liberals a lot of times Mm -hmm. for not being more liberal because she is so flamboyant.
1: That's actually what that's what I really like about her is that she uh, I you know we're getting in the weeds a little bit here but Arizona is sort of I think becoming a genuine swing state yeah and for any number of reasons I I won't get into now but she was elected two years ago she won by two and a half points and she used to be like a green party Mm -hmm. super left wing kind of kooky and then she ran for the house uh maybe I forget of several cycles ago and then obviously ran for Senate and won two years ago in Arizona but she represents a, a swing you know moderate at best state and it makes sense as much as we all want to see you know to every Democrat in that in the Senate to sound like Ted Kennedy it makes sense that if she's representing a moderate state that she might have a moderate voting record and I yeah. really I love that she she was very lukewarm on the impeachment of Donald Trump, which is obviously something I supported, but like, I just think it's important that like, for all we want to say about partisan politics, you do still represent the people of your state. And her background is, you know, she was a a Green Party candidate like 15 years ago, and now she's a moderate, the most moderate Democrat in the Senate. Did Ralph Nader wear wigs? No, no.
2: <laughs> he he barely like got rid of the dandruff on his collar.
1: Mm. Like, on wigs.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it is also she does represent something very I think fascinating within U.S. Senate history. In that you know, women in the U.S. Senate is it is not a common thing up until the mid nineties. And even there wasn't a women's restroom in the U S Senate side chamber until 1993, I think, or 94. Oh like God. it's, it's, it's insane how behind the U S Senate is in uh-huh. terms of women's rights and the representation of women on uh-huh. the the Senate floor. And so that said, how we interpret, we've always for hundreds of years now interpreted how a male is supposed to be a U.S. Senator and act and look and whatever. And, We've, it's only been in the last 30, 40 some years we've been able to start getting accustomed to how women present themselves in a political professional sense. And it's a really interesting, I think Mm. conservatives tend to have a very reductive response to a lot of how women. Women politicians dress, and I think Democrats even are sort of lost. I mean, look at Hillary Clinton; she didn't know she should be wearing dresses or pantsuits at yeah. the time. Like she was really yeah. struggling. And it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating moment in history. I think. Do you like mm-hmm.
0: the? Do you guys like the wig move? Do you think it's silly? Do you think no, it's I think she
2: could afford to get a lace front, perhaps a human hair wig, something mm-hmm. a little bit more dramatic. I mean, I, as someone who, if you look around my apartment, it is filled mm-hmm. with. We have at least thirty wigs surrounding us. Oh boy. And, And I, bragging, yes, I am bragging. And let me just say, I will no wigs here,
1: but go ahead. I will
2: will give her, I will loan her loan because I paid a lot of money for the wigs. I will loan her one of my wigs because she can use an upgrade.
1: What is is there uh, having nothing to do with with, having nothing to do with gender? Is there something Is there what would you find ridiculous if you saw it on the Senate floor? Like what kind of outfit? Uh, yeah, gas <laughs> the mask, gas yes. mask
0: is such a is such a because the gas mask when he did that was literally such a fuck you to like a real thing like a real pressing yeah. pandemic yeah. and but... whether or not people were on his side at that point it was just so it's just such a fuck you whereas the wigs it just feels more I don't know I think they're the same they're the
2: same argument to me but because I don't I don't agree with Matt Gates's argument of wearing the mask of course I'm going to think it's ridiculous that said. I, I, they're To me, they're principally the exact same thing. She is doing it mm. to show that we can't go to hair salons and you know, she's wearing these wigs to sort of be colorful and prove a point. And he, in an obnoxious way, was wearing a ridiculous gas mask to prove a point about how this is a mystery virus. Obviously, we know he's wrong and he was wrong and is wrong. That said, I think they're both doing the same thing and I don't think like our politics should blind us to sort of seeing that
1: yeah I think I was gonna say that I think Elliot you said you visited the senate in high school in high school you were on the senate floor which I think is (laughs) technically the first time someone was on the senate floor with a scrotum piercing Yeah,
2: that's because that's when I had a sword piercing. Actually, actually, I mean, I know you're joking about that, Brent, but I think I might have been the first person on the Senate floor because I oh was on the Senate floor the when Senate floor I worked and you heard Senator Gene Carnahan, and I had a taint piercing. So I may have <laughs> actually right. been
1: you tech- the first
2: person. I wonder, with a taint I wonder what
1: is the history of taint piercings? Like, when was the first one? And like, like there must the way, have been a senator in the 1920s who had like <laughs> secretly had a taint piercing.
0: By the way, that was that was a story I also told to my boyfriend recently about <laughs> Alan's. I was like, Alan's, one of my yeah. favorite stories is Alan having to take out his taint hoop yeah. Or yeah. surgery.
1: Yeah. That's
0: that's literally- the, uh, Well, Brian did, not you, sorry. Yeah. My uh, yeah. my boy, my boyfriend
1: has listened to only a handful of episodes of our podcast. And <laughs> oh, one of no. them was that story about Alan. So he, oh, he no. thinks of Alan exclusively as taint piercing. If you I
2: know. ever if have I, a Wikipedia page, hoop. I want that, I want my taint hoop to be oh, cited yeah. <laughs> in my
1: Wikipedia page. <laughs> not even joking
2: our guest today is mono agapian hello mono did i say your name right did i fuck it up i was sober no, i'm actually sweating i'm sweating
3: you, oh. <laughs> you said it right and also like i'm never offended when people say it wrong because mm-hmm. that's ego and ego isn't cute yeah, yeah. yeah. but ego also so is humble, a confidence dude. thing too you know what i mean you have to have a little bit of ego to be a comedian I it's do true. believe in both somehow it's that it's that it's that uh I mean speaking of RuPaul it's like that the RuPaul advice where it's like don't be obsessed with yourself but also love yourself yeah, but also yes, that complicated well,
2: both so just for our listeners you co-host with our past guest <laughs> and she was going to do the show tonight but she couldn't be here Nicole Byer yes. um uh drag her
3: yeah, yeah. Which is, is, I mean, it used the to internet's be internet's only the only one podcast. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's yeah.
2: the only one and if you can show
3: me a receipt that there's even one even one
2: there's not a singular one (laughs) i have to say one of my most proudest things when i years ago when carrie doherty and i we we were starting the golden girls podcast and i was like i won't do it if there's another golden girls podcast i won't do it and Mm -hmm. we were right at that sweet spot where there wasn't another golden girls podcast so then a bunch of of them followed after that now Uh, they're all imitating you yeah I, I have a feeling that Mono has a very handsome yeah. picture. Uh, um, but but I love this picture, so I want to take a picture. <laughs> yeah, it. It, it actually oh, is a great picture. Everyone, <laughs> oh, smile or something if you can. Oh, I lost it. Oh, it, I'm you, back. You look so I'm good back. because you were smiling with like your just perfectly white teeth, which I hate you for. Yeah, do you do you whiten? Do you whiten?
3: I no. um I got very strangely lucky. Can you hear me? Yes. I, I I got very strangely lucky, and you know, some people have uh, some people are genetically bl- blessed in so many more important ways. But I just <laughs> got really white teeth. Really white teeth. That's really great. Well, that's that, really yeah. great. Yeah,
2: that is a blessing. That is a blessing. It
3: is. So. It really is. I, I I I am I am. Thank you. I am. Oh my god. To have cute boys telling me i have white teeth <laughs> i'm i'm blushing
1: cute boys wearing biden t-shirts telling you that you have white teeth i mean could life get any better than that two of you guys wearing biden t-shirts that is i'm not
2: saying that i'm not a biden supporter i'm just not in a
1: biden T-shirt. you're just not a biden you're not a biden t-shirt Fair. but i have a ridiculous face on
3: so
2: there we go right. and 2020
3: <laughs> was all worth it this yeah. moment <laughs> makes it all worth
2: it <laughs> ah, ah, ah. wait so mono you so the podcast tell us a little bit about yes. the podcast what do you i mean we've listened to it but well elliot and i have but what do you do on the podcast? Yeah. i don't know why you had to call
1: that out but all right and everyone that's okay. knows
2: you don't listen to drag race you mm. don't care about drag race it would
0: not mm. And that's
1: okay.
2: No, I've been watching
0: this year and I I care very much. I just want to add Brent did try and watch it like on our recommendation. And ultimately Mm. he did. Wait, did you really? I I watched an entire, but also let me, let me just set the record straight.
1: I am watching this season and I, I think uh, all (laughs) of the cuts that have made that have been made so far are good ones. I think the person that most people (laughs) suspect is going to win, I agree. That that individual (laughs) will likely win the contest.
3: (sighs) What about uh, that moment that made you gag?
1: I couldn't believe (laughs) that moment. My jaw was (laughs) on the floor the whole time. But but also, I'll I'll tell you this, Mono, I saw it coming. I'm just going to say that right (laughs) now. I saw it coming.
3: And so, anyway,
2: this is why I said he doesn't listen to your podcast. But,
3: yeah. but tell
2: us about your podcast.
3: Yeah. It's fun. I mean, it is, it is. Uh a drag race podcast and it's me and Nicole and we hang out and we fuck around. I think the, so in that way, it's incredibly, it's maybe the most basic (laughs) gay contribution in the world. Um, The thing that I think is interesting about it is that it's from our perspective. uh, And, you know, Nicole's uh, we're both people of color and um, that it is fun to be able to talk about drag race and call out, you know, the very, the age-old problem, racist problems that are, are kind of clearly come, come to light when Drag Race and the fandom uh, yeah. gets to be a part of the conversation. That's been my favorite part about our podcast, and I guess is what I would say makes it different.
2: And, and can you elaborate a little bit on that? Like, in what way? Like, how, like, what's the response that you get from fans when you guys talk about these things? Because the Drag Race fans are ferocious.
3: They are, I would say, 90 90- five percent of our fans are super pumped um and i would say most of them i think a lot of our listeners and fans are people of color or are more vocal ones are people of color and they're eager to hear people like me and nicole be like that moment was weird we need to talk about why it wasn't just it wasn't just a reality show when milk and kennedy had that fight in all stars three that was some underlying racial tension that was some underlying shit that you see in the gay community when white beautiful gay men uh rise to the top and become part of a mark jacobs uh campaign and talented mm-hmm. queens of color get given the boot or given yeah. less attention for they're Nathan on Nicolas. they're on an Auntie
1: annes billboard or something right right uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know trinity, trinity k yeah, bonet for Auntie a- annes pretzels no it is true though i mean you look at like just
3: get to yeah wait go ahead oh yeah no i was just gonna say yeah it's just a reality of the of of the conversation and the queer queerness and and you guys have i mean it's been coming to light this whole year that like the struggles and the fight that queer people of color have been fighting is something that a lot of times the white queer community benefits from and, and mm-hmm. doesn't always thank the queer POC community for.
0: Yeah. yeah I'd say more often than not, totally. more, often than not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> more
3: often than not. Yeah. More often than not. I was going to say, uh, yeah. having been on the yeah.
0: podcast, something that I always contend with and I did it on the show as well is I always preface anything I have to say about any queen on the show with well, it's not my place to judge. It's not my place to say. I don't have the experience. So I'm very, I mean, and I'm I'm not saying this is the right thing to do. I probably overcorrect. But I'm always so hesitant to criticize anybody else's, like, art. And, like, especially in a, in a scenario where, let's say you're at, watching it at a bar, which is not my thing, but if you're watching a show like it at a bar with a big group of people, I've always just been so... Um, distrustful of like the group think and the idea of like just a bunch of yes. gay guys and straight girls being like, ew, or like trashy. And, and, mm-hmm. and I guess it's, it's such an interesting part of the show experience <laughs> for me. And I, well,
2: that's happening right now. I mean, that that's a big conversation right now with Drag Race Canada because Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, you know, has had some particularly harsh critiques of queens and a lot of the fan base is coming back saying, bitch, you do drag one day a year on Halloween. Who are you to have this harsh of a critique? You shouldn't be judging a queen who has made this her life and her profession and what she does. So what do you, what would you say to like what's happening now with Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, Mono? Yes. <laughs> it was a bit of a delay on our end. So it was really funny to hear you just
3: go. Yes. <laughs> no, I heard you talking about Jeffrey Boyer Chapman and, yeah. and the whole Canada drag race moment. And I can say from personal uh, experience, cause he was on drag her before uh, he's an angel and a half. And uh, I, and I think to your point earlier, Elliot was like, what makes our drag podcast different is we don't take it too seriously. Where we we I would say we actively uh, uh, try to refute the toxic and crazy fans online who treat every week of Drag Race like new books of the Bible, and uh, we just look at it like you know it's just it's just fucking reality TV, and I can like mm-hmm. like uh, this is almost neither here nor there, but like people freaking the fuck out over Jeffrey Boyer Chapman you know, saying a harsh thing as a judge, it's a reality TV show. And if you don't get that, my God, you're a loser.
2: (laughs) True. (laughs) True. But I will say, I will say there is sort of a, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, I think with Meatball before, about, you know, people having sort of such strong opinions when they, they mm. aren't in the art form, when they don't do drag and they, they feel that yes. they can criticize certain things about it. And that's sort of, I think, where the Jeffrey Boyer Chapman criticism is coming from. Like, you know, that that it's rooted in this idea of who are you to judge? You know what I mean? Not so much that he's like, yeah, it's a reality show, but that the fandom yeah. does tend to be very harsh on certain Queens. If you aren't white, young and skinny, then your makeup mm-hmm. is up for uh, debate, if you will. Your, the way yeah. you dress is up for criticism. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, think, I, think I think there's that's fair. nuance to that.
3: I think that's fair. But yeah, I think it's like when you sign up to go on a reality TV show, it's a game show and understand that they are going to produce moments that are meant to cause drama. And yeah, because... Drag at its core is just liberation and expression of gender, um, and and maybe maybe just just embracing liberation of gender doesn't always give just that doesn't give those reality TV moments that you know we expect from the show. But mm-hmm. I think that's a fair criticism, and if anyone feels mm-hmm. that, I certainly would respect that. But I just the J, the Jeffrey Boyer Chapman really bumped me because I'm like he is. Uh, if you meet him, he is shockingly kind and and has like a shiny uh, love aura that like bounces off of him when you meet him because he's yeah he's just he's really a wonderful there's also, person. There's also I, been I, like so, I mean yeah. I can think of some worse
0: examples of shows where they're reality shows and they've had judges like remember when remember when Ellen was on American Idol and it made no sense uh, yes. that she was judging yeah. like karaoke singers yeah. You know, at some point or another, it's like, who connects with the audience? Who has what relevance with the content that is being produced? You know, and I guess with someone Mm -hmm. like Jeffrey, he's such a, you know, fan of the show and been. I don't know if he's integral to the American version, but he's been on it enough that I guess it makes sense. Yeah. But I understand the criticism. Mm -hmm. Um, But moving off of that, I guess... Um, I want to know what is your what is your favorite season of the show? And I'm I'm assuming you've seen them all, and if there's one that sticks out for you for better or worse.
3: Yeah, I mean, Brent, you know this. You know yeah, what I mean? Brent, you say. know this. <laughs> Let's say yep. it together. Yep, seasons one through fifteen <laughs> are our favorites. <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's All-Stars 2 is the best season. Um, because it, it incorporated old drama and then it had new drama. It truly, it was the, the like Avengers. I don't know which one of them. It's it's like that third or fourth Avengers where you're like, holy shit, this yeah. builds on everything we established about the universe and also explores it in a brand new way. This is gay. This is gay. Avengers. And what is there, is I'm curious amazing. if there's a
0: season that you just can't, that you you're, you're just, you just can't.
3: God, I personally, my least favorite season to watch is oh, eleven. Uh, it's no I, that that one might oh, be fun. interesting. A lot of people didn't like that one, but I I actually hear the criticism on that one. I'll say season seven. I did who, not enjoy who season won that one. Seven. Violet. Violet oh, okay, Hodgkin. and why didn't
0: you yeah. like that season?
3: I just thought something was wrong. To me, that was like the first season where um. Oh, the queen started to overproduce their own personalities mm-hmm. yeah um that was like the, the beginning of come in with a catchphrase and say it every time you're in a talking head yeah i started yeah.
0: Uh, trying to go back to start watching because i've only seen every episode once honestly um outside mm-hmm. of the lip syncs <laughs> but um outside of mm-hmm. that i've gone back to try to watch things you know retroactively and um, mm-hmm. I watched 11 and it was so, it was too dark. It was so dark. It was such a. It was yeah, really there dark. Violent, there, was, yeah, there was angry. Something. Everyone was so mad. <laughs> but I didn't mind. Yeah. I thought, I thought 11
2: produced a lot. For me, it's so funny you say All-Stars season two, because like we were just talking about it. And I think that's one of my favorite. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorites ever. Um, but my boyfriend, Michael, he hates it.
0: He hates it. Really?
2: too. Yeah. And which is so interesting because like, I mean, that to me is like, you're right. It's the height of drama. Everyone from that season is like iconic. It's just sort of Mm -hmm. a perfect season. But for me, the most perfect season and the last truly diverse season, the season Mm -hmm. where it actually celebrated, I don't know, real kind of drag was season eight, I think. I Where love that season. Season eight was when it sort of like, when the show kind of shifted and season nine is when it shifted, but season eight was like the top ones were kimchi, Naomi and Bob. And they all were like so different in their drag. And it was diverse, not just because of, you know, their cultural backgrounds or their mm-hmm. race, but because of their drag, it was just a, it was a really great season.
3: Yeah. I love that season. And it, yeah, I mean, because after season eight, uh, the show became the show. Uh, changed ownership to the internet <laughs> yeah. yeah, now the show belongs to the internet and and that's that's a pro con because it's like the conversation is so alive online yeah. but also because of that it's it, the beast has completely changed it's not just that sort of dorky goofy uh mockery of uh america's next top model that it started out that's as so interesting yeah. about the show to me as
0: well is that i mean with my history with it is that Uh, years ago, like a decade ago, my boyfriend at the time had begged me to watch the show, not begged me, but he was really, you know, he loved it. And I just was, was not interested. I didn't, I couldn't get into it. And then finally one weekend I got, I had like a, the flu and I watched the whole thing and and binged it and I thought it was really funny and I didn't realize how subversive it was and referential it was, but you are right. I mean, Mm -hmm. the, the nature of the show has really it really does feel like the, the internet owns it. And it almost, if yeah. um, the contestants, the content, the challenge, all, all parts of it are almost to feed the internet rather than just the audience. It's, it's such an interesting, like, mm-hmm. like vacuum that they're in now, because it's like, you want to do right by, you know, the Reddit page at this point. Um, and so it's all become, <laughs> well, you're never going to do right no, by of the course, Reddit page. but <laughs> it feels like a, like this crazy yeah. mishmash. Um, yeah. yeah
3: i also think they're now like they're now beholden to the emmys every year now because they've mm-hmm. won it two years in a row they got they just got nominated again and and the show now feels like it is opting to stay on the throne of best reality tv show in a way that feels produced because it is um but feels produced in a way it did it, it wasn't once a part of Yeah, that's a pro con. I mean, it's 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 amazing. It's elevated queerness. They get the best people in the world to comment and be a part of the conversation. And it lets all of us feel more seen and it it brings light to us as a community. But it also means a lot of our uh, queerness gets um, McDonald's. That's right.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, you outside of Drag Her, you host a, well, in normal times, you host a drag show at UCB.
3: uh, Yes. First of the month or what? When is it? It was like every month. We would take some breaks off. But yeah, we, and it it was, it was also, it, it was a mockery of drag race itself. And we called it, you know, UCB drag race or bad drag race. And it was a, it was a competition, but it was a drag competition where we were looking for the crunchiest, funniest um just most unique voice in drag and uh, it was really fun i hosted it with nicole Bayer when she was available and oscar montoya who's also an amazing um comedy and you would perform on it drag right
2: now would you like consider
3: yourself a drag queen um no you have lots of wigs
2: behind you right now
3: i do have a lot of wigs <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i have a lot of wigs i i i haven't i haven't dived into the drag world in a way that I feel like I've earned the label of drag queen. I'm definitely like a part-time drag queen or a drag comedian. Um but I I haven't put in my 10,000 hours that I feel would uh make me worthy to be called yeah. a drag queen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but you, I mean, Alan, you, you have, you have done the work. You're, you're a full drag queen now. Well, I well, I don't know. I don't know what I am a full anything.
2: I'm not even a comedian at this <laughs> point. I don't know what I am. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, what are any of us at this point? We're all just doing it on the online. We're basically TikTokers at this. We point. We are That's people. <laughs> We are people yeah. paying
3: a lot of rent to stay in L.A. That's what we are. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we
2: are. I'm, I'm fucking staying in L.A. paying all this rent, like doing makeup at home by myself for like <laughs>
1: you know, my cat and Michael. And you could be living in a loft in downtown <laughs> Bakersfield right now. <laughs> right? Yep. Sunny I, Bakersfield. You, you could be in Kansas City. You could be you could be anywhere in the country. I keep yeah.
3: imagining my life. I'm like, wait, sh- am I making a mistake by not making my life an indie film where I... Move to Alaska and live inside of a whale skeleton. <laughs> no,
2: no, nobody right. wants that. Nobody. <laughs>
3: wants that. Um,
2: now, do you like one of the things that I think about a lot with Drag Race is do you foresee the end? Because to Ooh. me, like like a show that's been on usually around like the 15th season. Like, look at Project Runway for example. Right wow. around that 15th season, it 15th season, it was it started to go you know, a little bit in a different direction, mm-hmm. and, then, and now, of course, it's completely
3: morphed into something else. But like. Do you foresee the end? I I don't know if I see the end yet, but I I, I do see it. it. It'll evolve. And the one thing I've pitched that I think they should really do is they should do a season where okay, we, we've all we've all been talking about the all winner season, right? Yeah. Right. We talk about it, but well, here's Brent what mostly. Make... Brent mostly. <laughs> yeah. Brent mostly. Yeah. Here's what would make it matter, Brent. Um, they need to do an all winner season, and the person who wins that season. Gets ownership of the franchise. Oh. oh.
2: That's never going to happen. There's, uh, yeah. no way. There's no
0: way RuPaul would allow that.
3: <laughs> what yeah. if they just become the new host? She still gets all the who, checks, who, but well, it's Bob Who would Stragers. you imagine would be handed the yeah. title of host? of, of who, who would be the host? It should be Bob. Well, okay, um. here's my top three. Bob, Jinx, Um, I think Bob, Jinx, or... Sasha Velour oh no
2: never Sasha Velour that would be the most boring <laughs> I, I television agree with show that I've ever <laughs> seen but but I think Sasha Velour is the most overrated queen in drag race Wow, um, controversy that said, that said uh mm. I I'm actually surprised you didn't say because to me the only clear host I think Bob is a is a great idea but the only clear Angela, host right is RuPaul is oh. no is Bianca oh and have a crown bianca bianca is is sort of the i think one you're hit. right she's she has ru's sense of humor she has more followers than any other drag queen from from yeah, yeah. drag race like she's she's just she's the biggest thing to come out of drag race next i'm tri- honestly shocked i'm shocked i'm shocked as well bianca shocked. Would be- you you fro- you froze
3: so he we froze, didn't hear what he he you're so so yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> I was shocked. I didn't say Bianca either. Truly, like yeah. it should be Bianca. I think um, it should be Cameron Michaels. Be, yeah.
2: <laughs> no. Shut oh up. wait. Have you guys <laughs> talked about this? Does Mono know about this? I don't think no, so. Talk to me. Okay. Let me tell talk. you. Let, let me have a little story time. So, um, so uh, M- Michael and I, when we were wa- we all kind of, and Elliot, we all watched that that season, Cameron's season, together at, at mm-hmm. Elliot's house, and Elliot was transfixed. That's a word. No, mesmerized, mesmerized. Mm -hmm. It's a word that he used to describe watching Cameron Michaels dance. Oh, right. I remember him talking about that. He's like obsessed with it. I need hair, but the whole hair dance thing where he does, I love it. Yeah. You know, like the whole thing. And so much to the point where it became (laughs) obnoxious and ridiculous so now our our Instagram
0: <laughs> uh, group chat is called mesmerizing. Cameron let me Michaels. let me let me just no make, my my case, let me make my case. The reason, part of the reason that I find her mesmerizing, is not because she has a dynamic personality. It's not because she seems particularly likable. The reason I find her dynamic is because she, like some other contestants that I also find interesting on the show kind of snuck up. I would never have noticed her. I would never have, I never would have mm-hmm. thought she would have made it as far as she did. And the fact that she kind of came out of nowhere and was like, I can fucking slay a lip sync in a way that is, again, this is just my taste, but I'm like, whoa, it's almost like a fucking visual illusion the way she, like some of the other assassins, can lip sync so perfectly. It's it's kind of astounding to me. Mm-hmm. And so between she that, yes, yeah, She can between that no, she and her dance and her like signature dance moves i'm transfixed
3: i am impressed i i will say i'm very impressed by that skill set because i mean being a lip-sync assassin is its own skill set mm-hmm. and i think honestly just having the spirit to continue on and not give up when you've been in the bottom that's a skill set and also her dick pick. Was also mesmerizing. That's a skill oh, set.
2: Interesting. I don't huh. know about the dick pic. Yeah, but I that's, all that one, that's all. Oh, I'm dropping a link. You can text mm. it to me. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No, she's the Jessica Tandy of drag to me. She, she, she's kind of like you know how Jessica Tandy just like kind of kept going, and everyone kind of wanted her to stop, but she never would stop. And then Driving Miss Daisy came, and it was like, oh, let's give her an Oscar. But no one wanted to give Jessica Tandy an Oscar.
1: Oh my God. Cameron
2: Michaels is the Jessica <laughs> Tandy
1: of drag. To me. Okay.
2: <laughs> Elliot has turned red.
0: Yeah. So oh That's my God. Good. Imagine somebody telling Karen Michaels, yeah. you're the Jessica Tandy. <laughs> like so Wait, I can't smile. <laughs> all all. I'll bust okay, my before, tape. I mean, we, we don't, yeah. before you go, Mono, I just want to ask just yeah. who's the most, who's your very favorite queen and who's your, not to be negative, but who's your very favorite. And who would you say is the most overrated?
3: Okay. Um, I mean, I do think it's Bob, Bob the drag queen is my very favorite queen. The best, the best. I think she's the best. She's just good at everything. She's an excellent host. She's a good writer. She's a great performer. She's just fucking great. Um, So Bob, the drag queen is the, my, I think the best and um, overrated. Yeah. I mean, I, I, think I probably one of the Queens I would overrate is like Pearl pearl uh or any any one of these like um incredibly quote-unquote gorgeous stunning uh glamour queens uh but i'll I'll say pearl because i i i think she is an amazing performer outside of the show but on the show i could not understand why uh that 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 she made it to the top three
2: that's how i felt about milk the whole time every time milk was on tv i'm like why is this person here Totally right. no. uh, who's, totally.
0: who's yeah, your I... most overrated and who's your very favorite queen? <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: let's see, most overrated tulip. I think tulip. Oh, yeah. uh, I and my favorite no, blue. No, no, no. I love use blue. The, use the name blue. Of the other day. Uh <laughs> winona, winona LaDyke <Le> <laughs> Which is she was
0: a uh, on the Green Party ticket in 2000. There you go. Well, thank was, you. Was, I that love it. Really Brent, Brent honestly came up with a no great word. drag name, Winona LaDyke, based on Winona LaDuke, yeah. the That's Green hot. Party candidate from 2000. <laughs> VP <laughs> candidate from That's 2000. Hot. Well, Mono,
3: we've had Mono. so much fun. Yeah, thank, you thank you so, so much. much for being oh here. Oh my God. Uh, where can people? Thank you for having me. You? Where can you people? Can... Yeah, follow me um at my name Mono agapian on Instagram and Twitter and listen to drag her. Um we're gonna start talking about Canada's drag race. Um mm-hmm. and then maybe that Vegas review show that god knows what the oh. hell that's gonna be. We but. were there
2: for that. We were there when they were shooting when RuPaul was in the theater.
3: Really? I'll tell you about it afterwards. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Follow me online. Listen to the podcasts I do. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Mana. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. You You guys are fucking fun.
1: Thanks. (laughs) And another thing. So uh, Elliot uh, found this clip that I guess has gone somewhat viral. It's, in, it's gone pretty it's viral, gone viral it's pretty, yeah. Oh, has it gone totally viral? Yeah. I'm sorry, I still only have a Friendster account, so I'm not familiar <laughs> with what has gone viral or not. But uh, um, uh, there was a, a guy in New York who was, uh, I guess, annoyed that there was a sanitation worker who was blocking the street. And so he kind of gets out of his car and starts yelling at him, I guess a la standard New York style attitude. But then he uses the n-word uh, in it in his rant. This is this obviously this whole thing has been caught uh, on on cell phone by some by a, a bystander was taking cell phone video of it, and uh, and then the bystander was recording this guy who just used this ethnic slur, and then um, they got into a fight, and the the, the 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 jerk, I guess we'll call him, the monster. Uh, his name's jo- Joe O'Brien is his name. J- yeah, yeah, hit, hit the the bystander's phone out of his hand. So it's it's kind of a big deal.
0: Hey, yo, it'll be smart to get out of the middle of the street, asshole. Fuck Are you recording me? Yeah. Why? Because you're an asshole. I'm an
2: asshole? Yeah. Honey, look in the mirror, okay? Oh. The only person's an asshole is you by recording. You're so fierce. I-, I know I am, thank you. Are you gay too? No, you're not. Well, you look like it. Do you want to keep recording me? Are you having fun? Mm-hmm. Okay, and what are you going to do with this recording? Tell me. I'll we'll just put it on the internet. Okay, okay. I'll get banned, honey. That's what I'll do. Good, good. Okay, keep walking. We'll your friend, too. Bye. No, no Bye. I'm, I'm staying here. Okay, before I beat the shit out of you, get out of here. Please do. Please give I it a will. try. Give it a try. You're going to come up? You're going to
1: fight? Okay. What Excuse are you going to do? What? What am I going to do? I'm going to take your fucking phone. But yeah. the, the the reason it's most relevant to us, per, perhaps, is because uh, the internet started sleuthing to figure out who this monster was who shouted a racial slur. It turns out it is a gay porn star. Well, <laughs> I a think former if I, if gay may, porn star, I should I say. I think
0: the reason that it started to get <laughs> so much attention was particularly not that he was That not that he would be found out that he was an ex porn star, it was the idea that he was this very like effeminate gay man who then started challenging the guy who was filming him by, I think he was like, like. You're, you're not gay, fierce, you're not or, gay, yeah. you're not yeah, gay. Yeah, you're right, not, right. Are you gay, I'm fierce, or like, I'm parsing the words. I'm gonna get we-
1: more fans, honey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that, he literally I mean, just used yeah. the N-word in a video and
1: the guy's like, I'm gonna post this online. <laughs> he goes, good, I'll get more fans. I'm yeah, like, yeah, i like, I said, think, I'll get more fans. <laughs> there's a lot of, I think the Venn diagram of gay <laughs> porn fans and people who use the, like
0: hearing the N-word, there's not a, it's there's not a whole lot of crossword no. there, but- No, He's not even verified
2: on Twitter for doing that.
0: But Brent is right. People found out that he was indeed an ex-porn star named, uh, well, his real name is Joe O'Brien. His porn star name was <laughs> Dustin Gold. <laughs> um, and, uh, and he was studios, which is where he perform, which is the studio where he was a performer. Um. Said Dustin has been fired. He hasn't worked for us since 2014, and we will not use him in the future. They should have. Good they,
1: to know.
2: They should have done the toxic thing that like gay porn studios usually don't bring people back. It's because he lost his abs. He gained weight. He's not yeah, 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 like, right, like, right, well, that's, right. That's that's right. the real reason why he was quote unquote fired. Right. When in reality, that's not really.
1: I, I think you know the the crazy thing about the video was that he you know he of course said a word that's really unspeakable. But also, like it was in such a bizarre, nonchalant way. That's and what, that's he also what really knew he was, was being recorded, and like yeah. it's almost like he was putting on a show. And that, that to me was probably the most unnerving part. It felt like it was, it, like, a was skit. like well, the best like, part. Of- why is he? Why like like racists abound? Even if you're racist, most people, strategically speaking, don't want to get caught being racist. Correct. Yeah, and it was it was terrifying
0: to see someone who. Seemingly didn't care if he got caught doing. Yeah, a he racist. almost it's, its not even care. He like doubled down, and the I, the irony, or I don't know if it's the irony, but like the, the 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 um the karma of it all is that he this guy was like he got out of his car and to like beat up or beat up who knows what he wanted yeah, yeah, to do yeah, yeah. to the guy, but he basically took his right phone on. and threw it, and bro- <laughs> he took his phone, he threw it, and he broke it. And mm-hmm. so he thought he was like in the clear, but somebody—it's New York—and everyone's at home. So somebody was filming the whole thing from the ba- another from their apartment, yeah. right, and they got right. his uh, his like uh, license plate. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and it's—I just find it so interesting that sleuthing is that's good, real, yeah, real mm-hmm. stuff. But it was so interesting because, to me at least, because it really <clears throat> circulated on a lot of like you know and like gay Twitter and in sort of the gay in- corner of the internet. Mm-hmm. And it was just fascinating because it, it, it sort of towed the line where it was like, well, this guy's obviously a monster, you know, yeah. a racist pig uh, who digs his feet in when he gets caught, you know, using the N word. And then he incorporates the language of talking about how fierce he is or yeah, how fierce yeah, yeah. you aren't. And so it's this <laughs> weird moment where it's like, you have to kind of parse out what do you say? Like, what would a gay person say seeing this? That is or isn't like homophobic? And I'm, yeah. I was looking at the comments, and just just out of curiosity, mm-hmm. and you can, and I saw that like on Twitter and on Instagram, the comments were none of them seem to none of them really seem to point to his sexuality as a weakness, which is you know great. I, I guess Good. great yeah. in the yeah. moment. Um, and I was just sort of, I was just curious if that would be a thing, because it, it, I think it, I know it triggered me. I found it so abhorrent, but part of me was oh, like so grossed up by the fact. That, that, that didn't, that actually,
2: that didn't surprise me. The fact that he used his, he used his sexuality and also used sexuality as an insult towards the guy. None of that surprised me at all, because again, it 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 feels like racism in general. Whenever someone freely uses the N-word in a derogatory sort of accusatory way it's like all indicative of arrogance to me and the arrogance the delusional arrogance which is a theme that we've talked a lot about on this podcast amongst mm-hmm. a lot of insta delusional arrogance that they think it's okay to sort of say these things or to do these things because of their fierceness or whatever and that to me that's what really struck out is like I, I don't think I have, I, I thought back, and I thought about this a lot lately, like, have I ever in my life used the N-word in a derogatory way? Like in an intentionally, with a, outside of academic- like Not like, while singing rap songs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, I don't even sing rap songs, because I, 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 don't, I don't like music, remember? But, mm-hmm. like, in, in terms of like, you know, using it in like an academic setting or explaining something, or like using it in that context, which I don't even think should be used in that context anymore, and I feel horrible I've ever used it in that context, mm-hmm. but, use it in a derogatory way. And I can't, like, that just feels foreign to me that someone Mm. would think to even do that. Well, that that. it would be on their tongue. That it would so casually come out. fall out out of its mouth. I mean, Mm. I feel, I get sweaty, like, right now, even thinking of saying the word.
1: It, like, it,
2: it, and now bothers me. It hasn't, it's, yeah, it's so interesting. No,
1: so, so it actually kind of reminds me of uh, another controversy from a couple weeks ago, which was, Tucker Carlson's top writer quit his job uh, working at Fox News after it was revealed that he had secretly posted racist and sexist remarks in an online forum. And this was kind of big-ish news, I guess. It's sort of like election, you know, election political Twitter. Um, But I think what struck me was that Fox News and the right-wing... Will still put up the front that they care about these things, yeah. which I would at least argue is a good thing. Uh, I want Fox News to still say, if we catch you writing sexist, overtly sexist and racist things online, you will be fired. Yeah. Um, I guess the the disconnect for me is they have an entire network devoted to those things. And I, I start to get anxious when I think about, will there come a day, and this is almost like a sort of a slippery slope, you know, example of that. Like, will there come a day when people or Fox News isn't afraid to keep someone on staff because they've written racist or sexist, overtly sexist uh, racist things on online forums. Will there come a day in which this guy doesn't get in trouble at his job and all these things, even though he got he was caught on tape using the n word, it's it's it, it. Sometimes it worries me that like that you know w- there's such a chasm in sort of our social dialogue right now that there will start becoming a knee jerk reaction from the right wing to potentially say, "Hey, who gives a fuck that he said a bad thing once?" Um, and that, so I hope this obviously isn't representative of these nut jobs becoming more emboldened.
2: Yeah, I mean that's a real. That is, to me, a real fear. I feel like it wouldn't necessarily go in that direction because corporate America, just like with marriage equality, one of the reasons why, you know, marriage equality became numbers for support for queer marriage went up was because corporations stepped in and said we're going to give be open about the same sex benefits uh, packages that we're giving our and that really created uh, a response of support. And I think the same is happening. You see with Tucker Carlson, like. Ad money is being Disney taking yeah. money off Fox News. That right. kind of thing is indicative of corporate America take, I'm not saying corporate America is amazing, but what I'm saying sure. is they are at yeah. least doing something to be an agent of change. Yeah. Which absolutely. I remember, uh, Absolutely.
0: absolutely. Pride, Pride 2019, every company was like, every company had like rainbow logos. Every company. Mm-hmm. It was
1: and like all, all of a sudden gay people thing. are like, we
3: don't want your money. <laughs>
1: There, there will the be other- no anti Anne's pretzels float in the gay pride this year because.
0: But just to your point, Brent, I think this is, I mean, I think we're either at the tipping point or we're getting there, not, not to the point, not saying that things are gonna go backwards or the idea that people are gonna, that Fox News is gonna give the okay to employees doing this kind of stuff. But I think that between a guy like this and uh-huh. the, all the videos of the Karens and the Kevins or whatever, all of this is to say like everybody in public should be prepared to be um, uh, put on trial by the court of public opinion based on their behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that at this point because that means that there's a sort of this new world in which your phone captures people who are awful. Yeah. And who are openly being awful yeah. to people yeah. for for no reason, then that far you know, then let 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 them be. I let, mean, let that for sure be a public I, thing. I, let it be this in the guy.
1: Form this guy is uh, you know deserving of the wrath of the internet completely without a shadow of doubt in my mind yeah. i get a little anxious and i'm i'm excluding racial stuff from this but i get a little anxious because i i watch a lot of videos on live leak uh which is a little raw a little, <laughs> a little, a little bit. Uh, gets a little blue <laughs> but there's just there's a lot of videos like you know that feature just people in a bad moment being shitheads yeah, but yes. like i don't know I, I i get a little anxious when like someone's you know a bad moment can define someone's life for three yeah. years, or, that's, or make that them. That to me you is know, that
0: to me is is dangerous. But I'm talking about I'm yeah. specifically oh, saying yes, yes. These mo- these videos of people not only misbehaving but like showing off. You know, Absolutely. it's not like a yeah. moment. where The arrogance.
2: It's the arrogance behind the it. Arrogance. Arrogantly being an asshole, ignorant yeah. in Absolutely. a way that is hurting somebody else. Like yes, then so yeah, sure.
1: The other thing, needless to say, whenever uh, I am, uh, you know. Whenever the opportunity arises, I I do enjoy googling uh, things about the gay porn industry, and I did look up um, some interviews with um, some gay porn stars talking about no talking about how racist the gay porn industry can be. Oh yeah, and this is something I picked up for for years, which is like so many. (laughs) In fact, I remember. Back like in like the late aughts, I made it my uh, job to e- personally email some of my favorite gay porn studios to ask for more models of color. Oh my God. Because some of them, like Sean Cody, <laughs> Corbin Fisher, they were so white. Yeah. But either way, either way, I, I was, you know, I, so I've always noticed there's, you know, a lot of uh, p- models of color will be kind of sectioned to their own sites. And yes. a lot of URLs, URLs for gay porn studios I don't know if they're owned by they're black owned or not but like the URLs are appalling to the point where mm-hmm. I can't even say them. Yeah. I not even say them on the podcast. I'm like I wouldn't say that out loud. Uh, I'll enter it into my search engine but I won't say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. But there was um there was a gay porn star his name is Race Cooper who says when he first started working for one of the bigger studios I'm forgetting which one he said that all models would be asked quote is there anyone you wouldn't want to work with Oh, and the God. insinuation being here's where you can tell us if you don't want to work with any people of color
2: Oh uh, my God.
1: or black models and it's just it's just it's kind of insane to think
2: well it goes back to the grinder preference thing
1: it really does yes. or, i mean the
2: root of it is that you know there's there's a there's sort of passable racism that has been for so long socially acceptable and masked as a preference when that's not like I've said before and before, that's not a preference. That's not biologically. It is not a preference and, and it's a learned social behavior. And It's the same thing happening here. It's, it's, we've been conditioned to think that, you know, we just have an interest in this one type of porn or this one thing when in reality is you're, you're sort of, you're fetishizing a a, a racial group by Mm -hmm. doing that. And the racial group sometimes is even, uh, you know, mixed into it because of course, they want to receive social acceptance and love. And if they, and if a person who, let's say, like Asian Americans, for example, and Asian gay Americans, if they get a lot of attention online for a certain time, like sex workers, for example, if they're getting a lot of attention, they're all a part of this sort of really ignorant, toxic structure that
1: yeah. of sort
2: of passable racism. And it's yeah. it's a uh, it's gross, and it's going to take a long time for us to get out of it. I think.
0: Yeah. Well. <laughs> Let this guy Sorry. be. Let this guy. <laughs> let this guy not having worked since 2014 be a sign of uh, of good things to come. Less, a little less racism in the gay porn industry. Yeah. Oh, he'll show and, up at like Bear
2: Daddy, peeing on BearDaddy.com.
0: And and
1: allow me to virtue signal for just a second. My favorite gay porn star in the world is named Jerome from ChaosMen.com. If you're listening, <laughs> Jerome, send me a message. DM me. Say
0: hi. I love you. What would, would your, your aunt, aunt say, Brent? What would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast?
1: I just googled Jerome from ChaosMen.com. Not my type. <laughs>
0: <laughs> my aunt Joanne would say, "What is a sex worker? <laughs> what does that mean?" How would uh, what would Aunt Ann say?
2: Sorry, I almost choked. <laughs> uh,
1: it's Anne, all right, choke,
2: go ahead, choke. Ann Ann would say, I have no problem with women wearing wigs. I've, I haven't had natural hair since the 20s. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> she really hasn't. She wore a wig her whole life. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's I love I love women that wear wigs.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you guys for listening so much, guys, gals, everything in between. <laughs> thank oh you. Uh, this, this is literally how Elliot says goodbye.
1: Uh, well, thank you for listening so much. <laughs> uh, I am Elliot Glazer. Oh, no, my brother.
0: I am Elliot and Glazer. Brent Sullivan and uh, H. Allen Scott. The night. Good night. The night. Goodbye.